Bienvenidos, I'm your host Lore, and this is Creepy Chisme. Warning, some stories and information on Creepy Chisme may be triggering and are not suitable for all, especially young children. Please listen with caution. Thank you. Hello, mijas and mijos. Welcome back to another episode of Creepy Chisme. Whoa, I can't believe we've gotten this far. Thank you for still joining me. That last episode was so much fun. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I heard a lot of good feedback. Um, Gracias to my tias for joining me. They had so much fun. They couldn't stop talking about it. And I gotta get my tia Virgin on here because... Man, I cannot wait for you guys to meet my Tia Virgie. She has the best stories to tell, so I've got to convince her to come on the show. <laughs> but yes, thank you to um, everyone, and hello to my new listeners. I see a lot of you out there. Um, my new followers on social media, hello. Don't forget, you can always join Creepy Chisme Facebook group. You guys are a little quiet, but that's okay. <laughs> You can go ahead and talk about anything you want to talk about on past episodes or maybe you have an idea for a new episode. I am always willing to listen. This week I have something just a little short for y'all just because last week was kind of a long one and um, also because <laughs> this is my last week before spring break so it's a, it's a little chaotic so I'm trying to... <laughs> to get a lot done this week and also I actually for the first time have a vacation planned since this whole pandemic started and by vacation I literally mean driving a few hours and staying in an Airbnb with my family. (laughs) That's the new that's the new vacation right now for pandemics right? Anyway I hope y'all are doing good. I hope you guys enjoy my story today but before I tell you I tell this story I want to share Now, I've mentioned before a few podcasts that I really enjoy. So lately, I've really been obsessed with a podcast called Crime Junkie. Now, these two women are from Indiana, which caught my attention right away because they do like to talk about like a lot of cases around the Midwest. And a lot of the times they do cold cases, which is pretty awesome as well. I just love the way that they tell the story. They're storytellers, just like me, except they're more professional (laughs) than I am. And um, so, yeah, I just like the way that they tell their stories. And they've got some really good crimes on there. And uh, you guys should give them a listen. So they're called Crime Junkie. And then, of course, today, while scrolling through my feed on Instagram, my boy, Darren Marlar, his podcast, Weird Darkness, is amazing. It's theatrical, dramatic, he's got the spooky music. I can't even listen to it at night. Like, I I can listen to true crime podcasts at night, but I cannot listen to Darren Marlar at night because of the creepy music. Like, it makes makes the experience completely different and scary, which is what it should be, right? Um, And he is also a storyteller, but he does, like me, he does all kinds of stuff. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, definitely check out Weird Darkness. He's also from Illinois. I believe he's from Peoria, Illinois. Um, And he likes to talk about a lot of stuff around Chicago as well. But today, a story caught my attention. And maybe it was because... (laughs) 
This picture he posted was Brad Pitt as Louie from Interview with the Vampire, which, if y'all know me, that is my movie, okay? I have watched that movie over a thousand times. That is one of the first movies I fell in love with Brad Pitt as Louie with the long hair. Oh, he's so gorgeous. <laughs> but anyway, so he had a picture of Louie. And it said Interview with the Vampire, which is my favorite movie. So, of course, I read it. And so you need to go listen to this episode. This is his last night's episode. Let me read the description he wrote. And I did not know about this. So in 1994, a movie was released based on a 1976 novel by author Anne Rice. Very good book if you want to read it. The movie is Interview with the Vampire and chronicles the story of the vampire Lestat and Louis, the man he transformed into a vampire in 1791. Daniel Sterling. Now, I did not know about this. I'm so excited. Daniel Sterling, who was 25, took his girlfriend Lisa Stellwagen, 23, to see Interview with the Vampire on November 17, 1994. The next morning, at about 3 a.m., Lisa woke up to find Daniel staring at her. When she asked him what was wrong, he replied, I'm going to kill you and drink your blood. Later that day, he did, in fact, stab her with a serrated dagger nine times in the chest and back. Whoa. (laughs) I didn't know there was a crime based around my favorite movie. So if you want to hear that episode, just like I do, go listen, because that sounds so good. And again, the podcast is called Weird Darkness by Darren Marlar. So go give that a listen if you want to hear that story. Sounds pretty interesting to me. But today, I've got a little spooky story for you. Now, my previous episode, The Demon House, did absolutely amazing and still is one of my top episodes that gets the most listens. So thank you to y'all that have listened more than once. But I've realized that y'all like demons. Now I've said before, I don't mess with demons, okay? But here we go. So the Smurl family, S-M-U-R-L. The Smurl family lived in West Pittston, sorry, West Pittston, Pennsylvania, Again, this was a highly publicized case. However, I've never heard of it. So it even caught the attention of two of my favorite paranormal investigators, Ed and Lorraine Warren, who claim that this was not a poltergeist because the family thought it was a poltergeist at first. But instead, they claimed it's a powerful demon in control of spirits in the home. Creepy. So in 1973, the Smurl family moved to Pennsylvania into a duplex. So the grandparents lived in one side and the family, which was two parents, four kids, and their dog lived on the other side. Now it was a fixer-upper and of course they were going to fix it. So they start doing construction, which, let me just say, I've watched a lot of haunting shows, especially ones about demons or evil spirits. When you start doing construction in a home, especially a very old home, it's a big change. It's a big change, and it makes 
the spirits awaken or you disrupt their energy. So things start happening. Um, That is the cause of a lot of hauntings. Because they start the construction, some crazy stuff starts to happen. Now, of course, when they first move in, everything seems good, right? Just the way any haunting would begin. So in 1974, some little things start happening around the home. Strange noises could be heard. Their TV and some water pipes were destroyed with no explanation. Toilets flushing randomly. But I mean, all of that could just be a coincidence, right? They're doing construction. Things are not up to par. So, all right, okay. But then apparitions start appearing to multiple family members on both sides of the duplex. The crazy part of this story is, for the next 11 years, the family dealt with strange occurrences, and as time went on, the occurrences got more frequent as well as more dangerous. So the home started to become very cold all the time. Cold spots everywhere or just any room in general would be very cold. So obviously a demon, right? Because haven't you ever seen The Exorcist where the demon comes and it's super cold in a room? Just kidding. (laughs) No, when any spirit in general is around, you get the chills, right? And it's because they bring a cold energy. So it starts... I guess the first family member that really gets affected is the mother. Now, the mother becomes the target. She had suffered a major heart attack. Could have been the spirits. Could have just been bad health. Right? We don't know. But the ghosts or demons would call her name out constantly. And just mess with her mentally. So she's trying to heal. She's trying to relax in bed Yet, all day, all night, she's constantly being bothered by these demons or spirits. Now, eventually, whatever's haunting this family, they start to target the rest of the family. One of the daughters was almost killed when a light, a very heavy ceiling light, almost sliced her. It flew off the wall and almost hit her in the head. Like, by inches it missed her. Now, because the mother had suffered a heart attack, the family started hurting financially. So construction was put on hold, or moving very slowly, actually. Things become even more chaotic, and the Smurls' home activity gets worse. So they experience things such as items missing around the home or being moved, Apparently, kitchen appliances would burn out or turn on, or even though sometimes they were unplugged, they would still turn on. Now, that's creepy. (laughs) Now, even one time, an appliance that was unplugged completely burst into flames. How do you explain that? Now, I would have said faulty wiring, but if it's not connected, then what the hell, right? So, the home begins to smell. It smells as what they described as rotting flesh. Uh-oh. Y'all know what my tia say about bad smells. That's the devil. They don't mess with that. So, it smelled like straight up shit in the house. So, that's awful. 
I've never smelt rotting flesh. I have smelt rotting meat, which was as awful as I can. Oh my gosh, probably one of the worst smells I've ever smelt. So I can't imagine what an actual rotting flesh smell is like. Ugh, I don't want to think about it. Okay. But I have heard that it's a smell you never forget. So yuck. Now throughout the home, the family would hear painful blood curdling screams and moans. This happened all day, not just at night. And apparently some of the neighbors also would hear screams from outside the home even at times when neighbors knew no one was home. So just imagine walking past your neighbor's house and you hear like a literal blood curling scream. I would call the police and I'm sure their neighbors did call the police and then find out no one's home. That's terrifying. The ghost or demons, I'm going to say demon because I do believe that's what's happening here. They mimic the other family members' voices. So this thing or things were really messing around and seemed like the goal was to rip this entire family apart. Now that is terrifying. I don't know about you guys, but when I was little, I used to hear my mom call me a lot. And then I would like come in the house if I was outside and be like, yeah, ma. And then she would be like, I didn't call you. So, I mean, (laughs) has that happened to anybody before? Just me? Okay. So yeah, so... That's the intended target of a demon is to tear the family apart and then pick on each one of them until they literally get driven insane. Now, here is the most wild accusation. Well, accusations. Both the husband and wife claim to have been assaulted. That is sexually assaulted by this thing numerous times. The wife said she was woken up to being sexually assaulted. And the husband said he too was sexually assaulted while watching a baseball game. Mm. (laughs) I've got so many questions and you might have the same questions, but let's not think about it. I, um, I have questions (laughs) about that. Like, and Who else is thinking about the scene from Scary Movie 2 when she's being assaulted by the ghost and she's like being dragged up the wall and stuff and she, (laughs) oh God, I'm going to hell. All right. But yeah, so apparently they've claimed to have been assaulted by these demons. The husband also said that once while trying to pray the rosary, he was dragged around the floor but never stopped praying. So as he's praying the rosary, he's being dragged around. Now, everyone in their home was harmed in some way. Even the family dog, who was often thrown against walls. What the fuck? Now I'm pissed. Don't mess with the dog because they are harmless. They cannot... Uh, Dogs are angels, okay? Animals in general are angels. Leave them alone. Now, the entire family was constantly thrown around. They had things thrown at them. They were dragged. They were pushed downstairs, levitated... Everything y'all can think of in a haunting. One time, the dad even was bit in the face by something. So things are as bad as they can get. So the family reached out for help to the famous paranormal investigators, Ed and Lorraine Warren. 
Now they were uh, a little hesitant to do so because Ed and Lorraine were famous and a lot of people were skeptical of them. And maybe one day I'll do an episode where I talk about them because I too was very skeptical of them. Whenever they got involved with a story, they really amped it up, you know, like they profited off of people's horrors, right? Like this family is being attacked by a demon and here's Ed and Lorraine Warren coming in and they're going to profit off of it and you'll see what I mean. Now, Lorraine Warren actually said, quote, the ghost, devil, demon, or whatever you call it, is in the home, end quote. And Ed Warren said he saw a dark entity on the first day in the home and experienced cold spots. Then things were thrown, including a full-size mattress. Now, like I said, when Ed and Lorraine Warren get involved, they record some videos, they sit down with the family and interview them, and then from there, they decide that it is a demon that is controlling other spirits in the home. And I'll tell you later what Lorraine sees, but I don't know. Because they end up going to do many interviews about this family, They end up helping to write a book, and then eventually a movie comes out. So, yeah, Ed and Lorraine made this pretty Hollywood, so mm, everyone has an opinion about them. Alright, so one evening, the wife claimed it got very cold all of a sudden, and then this black, human-shaped silhouette that had no face, but looked more human-like than ghost, I guess, like, it was not hazy it was like a solid black figure walked through the kitchen wall and then her mother on the other side in the duplex said she saw the same exact figure walk into her side and disappear no matter where this family went these dark entities followed so the wife claims that the entities were able to survive even though a Catholic priest would come to bless the home. Now, the Catholic Church was very against this family. A lot of people were. They believed that they made this all up because why would you, for as horrible as they're saying things are, why would they live there so long? And people such as this Catholic priest that would come bless the home said he never found evidence of a haunting or anything in the home. That was weird. The wife claims that the evil spirits would survive these blessings because they would run across to the other duplex when the priest was blessing the other side and then vice versa. Which, that's a smart-ass demon because, yeah, (laughs) I mean, that's pretty smart, right? Okay, so the priest would come and the ghost would run to the other side. Okay, I can see that happening, but... Now, the family did turn to religion and prayer, and the entity hated it, okay? So, one day, this family is having a prayer group. They invite people over, maybe from their church, and they're going to do a prayer group. Now, in the middle of the prayer, something screeched. You filthy bastard, get out of this house. That's what it said, just so you know. (laughs) 
Now the house started shaking, y'all. Legit shaking. I don't know if they get earthquakes in Pennsylvania, but the whole house was shaking. But anyway, at the same time, two female ghosts that were dressed from colonial America walked through the home. Now it's believed that one of these succubus could have been who assaulted the husband. That is wild. (laughs) That is so wild. Now, when things would happen in the home, they would happen in threes, which apparently in demon hauntings, the pattern of three is popular because it mocks the Holy Trinity, right? The Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And then the odors that the family would smell were so awful that they would literally become so ill, which I don't, I mean, if it smells like rotting flesh, then that would make me sick too. Around the house, they would find claw marks. So big scratches on the walls of the home. Apparitions would materialize from walls or from the ceiling. Now the family did ask the Catholic church for an exorcism, but the church refused because they didn't believe that anything was happening here. So that's why the Smurl family decided to go public, because nobody was helping them. And then that's when Lorraine and Ed Warren stepped in for them. So pretty much the Warrens, let's talk about the Warrens. So the Warrens pretty much come in, and they're just like, all right, there's a demon here. So they start doing investigations. Now to me, if it's a demon, and you're coming in to investigate, all you're doing is pissing them off, right? They would do like audio recordings, videotapes. You can find some of these on YouTube. Now, they did get a hold of a priest. His name was Father Robert McKenna, who performed three exorcisms in the home. Now, apparently the third time, it seemed to have been successful. But according to the Smurls, the entities returned. So in 1989, after 15 years, the family, the family finally decides to move out. Now, over the years, people still look at the Smurl family haunting and try to explain how it was a hoax. Now, the husband had a tumor on his brain. And one scientist goes as far to say that because of the tumor on his brain, it was all hysteria and the family went along with him. Hmm, that sounds familiar, right? Like in the demon house when they said that the grandma and the mom were making it all up and the kids were following along. Hmm, interesting. Now the smells they said would be due to bad sewage um, pipes or whatever, or possible dead animals around the home. (laughs) There was just a lot of things that they were coming up with excuses for. And then again, they brought up that a Catholic priest said that nothing was wrong with the home. Now, I don't know how true this is, but apparently a man from the Catholic church, I believe his name was Father Traveled. Um, represented the Catholic Church in Scranton. And he said that he worked with the Warrens 
until he realized and picked up that they weren't there to help. They were there to see what they can stir up. He claimed that when he would go see their lectures, because the the Warrens did a lot of lectures, when they would see him there, he claimed that they would tone down their lectures, but most of the time they were upping everything, which is what I mentioned earlier, which is why lots of people think the Warrens were skeptics, or were, which is why a lot of people were skeptics of the Warrens. However, Trabble does say that he does agree with the family and believes that something did happen in the house. But was it demonic? Mm, maybe not. Now, a movie was made called The Haunted. I believe it came out in 1991. And it's based off of this haunting. I've never seen it, so maybe I should watch it. But if you watch it, let me know. Let me know what you think. And if you um, and if they put any of the things I've mentioned about the Smurl family in there. Now, because the home was famous and popular, a lot of people wanted to go see it. I believe the home is no longer standing. Let me see. Oh, so I found something interesting. Okay, so apparently in 1986, a priest from the area actually moved into the household because he was hoping to witness the demonic forces firsthand. But nothing happened. But get this. After two nights with no issue, he claimed... He decided to leave. So if nothing is happening, why are you leaving after two days? Right? (laughs) So that's kind of weird. But I can't find if the home is still up or not. Now, when the Smurls did move, though, apparently they claimed that some of the supernatural phenomenon did follow them to their new home. Now... In 1989, a church-sanctioned exorcism took hold in their home, and the family claimed that it did help. They've claimed that ever since then, prayer has helped keep things to a minimum. And that's also why, again, they called this a poltergeist, because a poltergeist will follow you from home to home. Now, according to the article I read, the, the home was still up, And I'll tell you what year this article came out. Yeah, and apparently the new owner said that nothing has ever happened in their home. This article is from 2018. So, yeah, the home might still be up. Well, that was a creepy little story. I hope you enjoyed it. I mean, some of those things sounded too crazy to be true. But, again, we don't know what the family experienced. We don't know what they went through. Could it be a poltergeist? Possibly. Could it be a demon? Possibly. What I didn't tell you was when Ed and Lorraine were investigating, they claimed that there were four spirits in the home. One was an older lady who really kept to herself and didn't really have anything to do. Um, And she was controlled by this super powerful demon living in the home who also controlled the other spirits, which was a man, I believe, and then another woman. So, I don't know. I didn't know that demons can control spirits in a home. So, that's the first for me to hear. Do I think they were telling the truth? Just like the priest said, 
I I think something was happening in the home, but I don't know if it was all they said it was, you know? I don't know. Again, like I said, we don't know because we weren't there. We didn't experience it. It would be different if we experienced all that craziness. So, so if you follow my private Snapchat, um, sorry, it's just for family and friends. <laughs> I do little snippets called Freaky Fridays where I give information about a story that I heard or just something really quick. So it's pretty much creepy cheese like in a two, three minute video. Um, and there was one I did that really was interesting and I've heard of it before, but it wasn't until I actually looked it up that I realized that it was a real thing, a real place right in the beautiful country of Mexico. So it's located in the Xochimilco borough, 17 miles south of the center of Mexico City. And the best way to get to this little island is to leave from Embarcadero, Cuimanco. It's a four-hour round trip, and it costs roughly about 75 U.S. dollars. So the reason I'm talking about this little island is because it's called La Isla de las Muñecas, the island of the dolls. Now, over 50 years ago, a man by the name of Don Julian Santana, great name by the way, he left his wife and child and moved on to this remote island, Anteshuli, sorry, butchering this pronunciation, Teshulo Lake in the Xochimilco Canals. Now, according to some people, a young girl actually drowned in the lake, but others will say, including some of his relatives, that Don Julian Santana imagined the drowned girl. I did read a story or legend that says that he actually found the young girl and she was floating in the canal with a doll. And because of this, he wanted to honor her. And so what he did was he took the doll and he stapled it to a tree on the island. And then he became obsessed with the thought of this little girl. And he started collecting dolls from all over and he would just staple them to the trees around the island. So he collected and hung up thousands of dolls and eventually the entire island was transformed, which some might say pretty terrifying, (laughs) but it became a doll infested island. And I think the reason it's so terrifying is because the dolls were not beautiful. He would find these dolls in trash cans near the island or in the canals And he wouldn't clean them either. He would just put them up. Dolls with missing eyes, missing limbs, covered in dirt. And then, of course, because they were hung up on the trees, they became weathered because of the weather and the wind and whatever, you know, was destroying them. Apparently, he also kept a cabin filled with the dolls as well, which he would make headdresses for, put sunglasses on them and whatever else he wanted to put on them. Now, a lot of people were frightened by the island, but Don Julian saw the dolls as beautiful protectors, and he welcomed people to his island, and he would even show them around. Of course, charging a small fee to take pictures on the island, so he was profiting off of this. In 2001, he was found drowned in the same area 
where he believed he had seen the little girl. Creepy. So yeah, you can actually go visit this island if you're near Mexico City. Um, <laughs> it's pretty frightening. <laughs> I wouldn't go. I do remember seeing as a kid on a special on TV, this, it was a paranormal show. They went to the island and they tried to stay overnight and there was a lot of spiders. So to me, that's more terrifying than the island itself. <laughs> So yeah, these are the types of little stories I like to tell on my Snapchat. And, you know, maybe one day I can compile all of them and make a little episode because they're pretty funny and interesting. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And I'm just kidding. Of course, I have a story for you. <laughs> now, this story is, I think it's funny, but the weird part is that my brother doesn't remember it. So when we were younger, my sister was a lot older than us and she used to babysit us when my mom would work. She used to work in the city. So she was with us, especially during the summer, the majority of the day, she would watch us. So my brother and I were only two years apart and my sister is seven years older than I am. So of course, usually I was the one that was the pain in the ass and would give her a lot of trouble because what are sisters for, right? And then my brother was always the sweet little angel, you know, that listened to her and did all his chores and whatever. So this particular day, my brother was being a little brat. And this was rare. But he was being a brat. He wasn't listening. And of course, you know, I'm right there egg egging him on. Like, come on, like, you know, laughing. um, Being a pain in the butt. So my brother, I don't remember. He wanted to do something. He wanted to play a video game or I don't know. But he got mad because my sister said no. And he threw a little tantrum because he used to throw little tantrums. I think he was maybe five. He had to be five. So I was probably like six, maybe seven. <laughs> so he threw a little fit. He was just being such a bad little kid this day. Because even me, I was like, man, he's what's wrong with him? So my sister and I... Of course, because my sister, although was older, she was still a kid. We started like messing around with him. So we ran into the basement because he was just being a little jerk. So we ran into our basement. Now, our home is just that we grew up in is just a straight shot across. So it's like you walk in the home and it's just this long home. So it's the living room, dining room, kitchen, back porch. And in the back porch, there is a door to go down the stairs. And then you're in the basement. And our basement is the same it's a long shot going to the front of the house so my sister and I run downstairs and we you know being stupid so he runs down there he's screaming and crying and my sister was like you better stop it like you better stop being bad and so we wanted to leave him in the basement so we run up the stairs and we had this big heavy wooden door and it used to lock with a bolt lock so we locked it and it was quiet. Like my brother didn't run after us, nothing. It was just quiet. Then all of a sudden, you hear him screaming, like bloody murder screaming. He runs up the back stairs. He's pounding. Now, this is a five-year-old little boy pounding on this big wooden door. And we're laughing like, ha, 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 he's locked down there, blah, blah, blah. So, of course, I run to the living room. So I run through the house. And then my sister unlocks the door and she runs through the house. Oh, no, no, no. I forgot to tell you the best part. So as he's 
knocking on or banging on the door she tells him like stop it she was like stop it because if you're being bad the devil's gonna get you which is you know that's what our latina mothers would tell us right so she unlocks the door he runs through the house to the living room and we had this u-shaped couch so i was sitting on one end closer to the dining room My sister was sitting on the other end closer to the front door. And so my brother runs up to her and he starts yelling. He's like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And so she's like, stop it. And she kind of bear hugs him. And here's me on the other side of the couch laughing like, (laughs) and she bear hugs him. And I remember the look on his face. Oh my gosh. So he looks up into the corner of the ceiling right above where my sister's sitting on the armrest of the couch by the front door and he points and he can't even speak and he's just like "Ah, ah, ah," like something scared the crap out of him so of course because i just heard my sister say the devil's gonna get you i freak out and then my sister freaks out and she throws my brother (laughs) we both book it through the house out the back door, all the way outside. And she's we're looking at each other and I'm like, did you see that? Did you see that? And then it's really quiet and you don't hear anything. And then Ricky just comes running out the house and he hugs my sister and he's crying, but not screaming. And he hugs my sister and she's like, what did you see or what happened? And he didn't say anything. And if you ask him today what he saw or what happened, He doesn't remember anything. He doesn't remember being a brat. He doesn't remember being locked in the basement. He doesn't remember anything. Again, he was five, so he probably doesn't remember. I will say, for a (laughs) five-year-old, I mean, that was a great performance if it was not real. And that's why I think something really happened because of the way he looked, the way he acted. I mean, (laughs) there was no way he was just kidding. But I remember that story because he scared the crap out of me and my sister. (laughs) So that was the story of when my brother was possessed. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I don't know. It was just a story that stuck with me forever. It'll probably always stick with me, but... I really wish he could remember what he saw because something scared the crap out of him. Well, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this quick little episode this week. Uh, Next week is going to be a fun one, though. So remember, if you like this episode, make sure to leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or a comment. That will really help me out. If you have a story you want to share or anything you want me to talk about, always, always feel free to email me at creepychisme for you. That's the number four, Y-O-U at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, at creepychisme. Um, if you're searching for me, though, you have to put a space between creepy space chisme. Find me on Facebook. In Facebook groups, search creepy space chisme and join the group. And let's get some conversation started there. And or tell me about somebody you want to talk about or something you want to talk about. And um, yes, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Gracias por escuchar y nos vemos pronto. Creepy Chisme is created for entertainment purposes only. Thank you for listening and don't forget... 
Stay creepy.